here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Hello and welcome to the Brit Rest Roundtable. This is number 43. I know you don't like to keep score, but uh, this is what we're up to. Uh, I'm Arnold Furious and I'm with Oliver Court. Hey there. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of a chat about what we've got coming up WrestleMania weekend because like, everyone's left. Like, everyone has left <laughs> the UK. There's nobody here anymore. It's just us and like whoever's in Wales for, for attack. And yeah, everyone else is in the States. Uh, so we've got like... Well, uh- Rob's gone. He's he's Rob. heading off. Yeah, Rob's in the air. Like I think right now. <laughs> so like uh, like he's on his way to the states to get picked up by Frey at the airport, which I found out earlier made me laugh. Uh, so I, I have no idea which shows he's going to. Do you do you know what shows he's going to? Um, I don't. No, I do not. I, I think he said he's not Rob going Pro. to WCPW. Hopefully, Joey Janela as well. Oh, you got to get. Joey, <laughs> I don't want him to miss that. <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta get up at about half four Friday morning for uh, for Joey. I've already got my flow slam uh, prescript uh, prescription. Prescription. <laughs> I've already got that sorted out, so like uh, I'm I'm all on board for Joey. Um, which of the um English based mania cards are you most looking forward to? Uh, I think it has to be the the progress standalone show um because that just looks like a progress show basically yeah yeah it looks pretty good but in the states so we're, which should be pretty pretty special we're gonna build up to that one we're, we're gonna preview that last uh we're gonna do the other three first so we're gonna start off with um what culture show uh which is gonna be on april the first obviously in orlando um on that show we have um Primate against Michael Elgin, which um, El- Elgin uh, should be a good matchup for for Primate because like uh, he's they've got the same sort of style, so I can see what they kind of look the same as well. Yeah, got that, the wispy beards. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of wispy beards, um, so I can see what they're going for there. They've also got uh, Ligero against Ricochet. Which again, they put two guys together who have very complementary styles, so that's, that's probably good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, is Ligero not on any of the other shows? I haven't seen his name. I think he's only on WCPW. That's just weird to me, because normally well, in the UK of a weekend, he he'd wrestle like four or five times. <laughs> Coming off of the world of sport news, and obviously the contract situation there, I think that might be something to look at as the way he's not on a progress show. They could probably have a couple of matches on the plane on the way over. There'll be enough boys on the same flight, I would have thought. He's got to keep his average. I up. mean, <laughs> DDT are doing matches in a train, so I don't see why uh, <laughs> a tackle someone can't, couldn't do a match in a plane. Yeah, I think somebody might have a word with them about that and just say, like, yeah, you can't really do that. Civil Aviation Authority or whatever it is, just not really safe. Because uh, when Brock Lesnar and Mr. Perfect did it, apparently it wasn't uh, it wasn't particularly <laughs> safe. Uh, back to uh, 
WCPW's card. Uh, they also have uh, David Starr against Bobby Fish, which uh, could be a, a bit of a sleeper, sleeper hit. Two very good wrestlers. Um, and we got BT Gunn against Martin Kirby. Again, I don't think either of those are on any of the shows. Kirby has... Uh, is Kirby World of Sport? He is, isn't he? I don't think so. Is he not? It feels like he should be. <laughs> he's yeah, he's sort of of that that region, I guess. But I don't think so. No, I, I think he's just just WCPW. I guess Rev Pro and Progress don't really use him. Well, you never know where people are going to turn up because there are like a million shows, so that they, they might be booked in <laughs> for to turn up at CZW or Kaiju Big Battle or something. And who knows? Um. That should, again, that should be a decent match. And their main event is going to be Drew Galloway defending against Rampage Brown. Um, I haven't really been following WCPW's programming of late, so I'm not sure if they've been building up to that. Seems a bit out the blue. Um, Drew uh, obviously is a big draw for them because I don't see him on a lot of cards either. So... He, that's who they're looking to draw in is people who yeah definitely probably the biggest star on the show yeah can't see these guys anywhere else it's there's, there's a lot of people that they're taking um what happened to prospect because didn't they have like a, a GoFundMe thing weren't they supposed to be going over but they're not i don't know I'm not entirely sure yeah i saw that they had this uh this GoFundMe deal um i'm not sure why <laughs> they they couldn't get the flights over but um so basically that money's just like gone into the company somewhere. That's weird to me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I'm it's, not entirely sure what is strange. going on there. Um, anything else to add for WCPW? Yeah, it's a bit difficult to preview since neither of us have neither of us have really been glued to the WCPW product as of late. Um, and also, I'm excited for the World because, Cup because like the World Cup excites me. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's definitely more interesting than like a regular output. But it's it's a difficult one because they haven't really advertised this show and they haven't really advertised how to watch it. Like it's not. I think it's on live. their YouTube channel. Live or I, recorded? Like well, there, asked, there just hasn't been a lot of information about it. Well, I had um, Akil uh, Khalid. I had him basically. Uh, get together a list of all the stuff that's happening and he's listed it on there uh it apparently it's live it's live on their youtube and, unless he's okay. lying to me it's live <laughs> <sighs> but I, I just feel like this show hasn't been very well advertised at all um and in comparison to rev pro and progress who have been talking about it for months and months yeah do, do you get the feeling it's kind of like a last minute decision that they just wanted to kind of jump in there and get part of the the, the whole Mania weekend. Well, obviously they announced it a lot later than Repro in Progress, but obviously being a younger company, they probably didn't have aspirations to come to Orlando until very recently. So I think, certainly, I think it has a bit of a problems with being last minute, possibly not all their fault, but it does it does feel like they're sort of piggybacking on, and <laughs> it's, it's still a good card that they put together, but it's not been very well advertised, I feel. Um, should we move on to Rev Pro because they they have a card that they've that looks um, very Rev Pro y, I would say. Um, <laughs> so they've got uh, uh, Josh Bodum against 
uh, David Starr. David Starr's getting everywhere, isn't he? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's like an honorary Brit now as well, honorary European. Yeah, he has a very strong run for, for WXW, so it's, it's kind of given him connections with other companies because... Uh, like he's had mm. these opportunities based on though on on WXW. If he wasn't coming over for Germany, he never would have had that chance. And this is for the interim cruiserweight championship, so I could probably see him winning that and facing Osprey down the line. Yeah, I don't know why they put it back on Bodum. It seemed like a bit of a <laughs> weird move because he does seem like he's bumped yeah. up to like pushing heavyweight. It just it seemed odd that they've kind of gone back to him, but they went back to Osprey as well. So who knows? Um, they've also got uh, Martin Stone against Jeff Cobb. This this could go either way. This could be really good or less good. <laughs> like we've seen both out of Martin Stone in Rev Pro. Um, like he can just kind of be average and he can be very good. So we'll see what kind of combination he comes up with against Jeff Cobb. Um, when Martin Stone was bigger, I think this would have been a more impressive match because Cobb could have thrown him around more. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, Martin Stone's size is always very elusive. Like, you can never really tell what size he is <laughs> because he did kind of bulk up when he was in the States um, and then sort of slimmed down again when he came back for Rev Pro last year. So I, <laughs> I can't really picture him next to Jeff Cobb. So it, that match will certainly be interesting just seeing how the two size up against each other because, you know, Cobb is a big guy, but he's very squat. So we we don't <laughs> I don't really know what those two will look like in the ring together. It could could be a sleeper match, could just be average. I don't really know. Uh yeah, it's a tough one to call that. Um the thing with Martin Stones, I'm never quite sure how good he's going to be. Um I kind of preferred him when he was bigger and he had more weight, but um I mean he's obviously worked very hard on improving himself, so I don't want to knock him for it. Mm. Um We've also got uh, Cage and Elgin who are, are going around as the un- unbreakable fucking machines. Um, they've got quite a lot of gigs over the the weekend uh, as a team. Uh, they're going up against Shane Strickland and Ryan Smile. Uh, you happy for Ryan getting over there? Oh yeah, hell of an opportunity for Ryan Smile because um, I feel like not many people know about him. Like on the uh, not to bury rich on the VOW flagship, he kept calling him Ryan Smiley. So, um, not a well-known guy, and he's sort of been put in there with three guys who are very well-known and could very well be, like, a, a sleeper star coming out of a weekend after this match. Like, he could really impress people. Um, it's a big opportunity for him. Moving on, we had uh, Jay White against Sammy Callahan. Um, it's pretty much the only uh, show Jay White's on, uh, as far as I can tell. I really haven't gone delving into any depth so uh, i don't know if he's hiding away somewhere uh but that's uh, i don't think so no i think this is the only one for him yeah it's uh, another good uh, uh potential draw for um uh for rev pro um callahan's everywhere so uh, i'm sure he'll be in uh, in good form uh it should be a decent match i would have thought yeah again i don't really know what uh these guys are going to produce together um uh, they could like suddenly have really good chemistry. You just never really know. Well, Callahan can go one of two ways. He can either have this this really hard hit and intense match, or he can come out dressed as a cat. And there really is nothing in yeah, between. Yeah, you never know what you're going to get with Callahan. I mean, some people like the whole space cat thing, but uh, I don't know. It's just weird. It's it's odd, certainly. <laughs> 
and not really really my cup of tea. But he's had he's had good matches um in the last year since he came back on the Indies. Um maybe Jay White can get the best out of him and um not devolve into Space Cat stuff. Yeah, I, his best stuff for me has been in Fight Club Pro when he's just been like Sammy Callahan just you know stripped right down to the the, the nitty gritty and yeah. just you know beating people up. That's that's been the best he he's been on the Indies. Uh, so if we get that Sammy Callahan, I'm sure this will be a really good match. I think certainly the top end of this Red Pro card is where I'm I'm really looking at seeing some top stuff. Um, you got Phoenix uh, uh, and Osprey. Um, that should be a tremendous match. I know uh, last year Will Osprey was all over Mania Weekend and he had a, mm-hmm. uh, a tremendous series of matches. This is one of his rare chances this year to shine. Uh, because of the Ring of Honor contract, he's basically been loaned to to Rev Pro for this match. I think this might be his yeah, one he, shot he's at only got a blow away match. Yeah, there's no way this isn't going to be spectacular. Like this will be Osprey Ricochet at Super Juniors levels of um, flying around and just like ultra high class high flying. Uh, this this could be one of the more memorable matches of the weekend. Yeah, I think it's a coup having them on there because it, it's obviously they've had to negotiate with Rev Pro to get him, but as part of that whole mm. relationship that they've got with New Japan, I think that that's helped them as a unit. So that they've benefited from that, and they've also got Marty Skrull, um on the card. They've put Skrull in with Ricochet. Um, I can't see that being as good as uh, like Phoenix uh, and Osprey, but uh, you never know. Yeah, I feel like this will be like, like. Really, really good, but maybe not excellent. Maybe not blow away. Uh, they've had really good matches in the past, and like I can't see them getting any worse than what they've already done. Yeah, like you say, really big coup for Rev Pro to get Skrull and Osprey um, exclusively from the three British shows. Um, obviously, Zack Sabre Jr. is on, on progress as well, but um, the other two really huge stars um, from Europe are exclusively on Rev Pro. Yeah. So um, that definitely well, a good get for they've them. They've got Pentagon as. Uh, Pentagon as well in the um the what I presume is going to be the main event uh against uh Zack Sabre Jr. It should be a good match though I think uh Sabre and Pentagon they had a really good match at Bowler two years ago uh a lot of arm work and kicking. Yeah, you don't really know what you're going to get uh here. I think you can get like really good Pentagon. You can get Pentagon phoning it in sometimes, but on WrestleMania weekend I feel like he's going to be fully on it. Um, you think and so? not phoning in at all. And, and again, he's and he's like, not on a lot of shows. I, we've been saying that a lot about the Rev Pro guys, but <laughs> they really aren't on a lot of shows. I think they've they've got a lot of um, uh, they've got a unique card compared to uh, a lot of the other shows where it's the same guys uh, like dotted around. Admittedly, they Definitely. they do have like uh, Callahan who's on everything and <laughs> Cage and Elgin who are on everything, but uh, yeah, some some of their top end stuff is going to be special. I think. No, there there could there's potential for at least one or two amazing matches on this card. Um, just with the amount of talent they've got on the maybe some weird combinations, but weird combinations could lead to weirdly great matches. Yeah. So I, we'll I'm still see. not sure when this is going to appear because uh, it's not going out live. Um, so it, chances are it will be on there on demand, which usually yeah. I have a couple of days turned around, but if they're in Orlando, I really don't know. So like middle of the week, maybe yeah. <laughs> could take a little bit longer than the two days that we're accustomed to. Uh, but yeah, I hope it does come out on 
on Rapper on Demand. Uh, a, li- a little bit of a shame that they've missed out on a pay per view, but like there's a ton of wrestling going on, so it does have the danger of being <laughs> I think lost it's okay. because there are yeah. so many shows. I worry about them. I think more than than progress. We've obviously got the relationship with Evolve that's that's going to play in their favour. Uh, speaking of which, they have a a head to head show, um, uh, which is the. Uh, it's down as progress versus evolve. Uh, not everything that's on the show is. Uh, so we're going to talk about the matches that are specifically between the two companies. Um, so we've got uh, South Pacific Power Tripper over there, despite um, Dahlia Black's broken a leg. And they'll be wrestling against Chris Dickinson and Jacka on the progress versus evolve show. Uh, also on that show, we have Ethan Page and Jimmy Havoc. I can't see that being good, I have to say, but um, <laughs> I have been surprised before. Uh, they've also got Pete Dunn against ACH, which, based on what we've seen from ACH recently, that, that should be really good. And the big match for them is uh, Zack Sabre Jr., who I guess is now representing Evolve, going up against Mark Haskins, representing Progress. And for me, this is Haskins' shot to go and prove himself out there. Yeah, he's he's in two main events um, in Orlando. Obviously, main event at the Progress Show, which we'll talk about in a minute. But yeah, this is uh, this is going to go after the Progress Show, so maybe he'll have already made an impact against Peter Dunn before this. But yeah, like you say, in that Evolve environment, going against the Evolve champ, that is definitely the place to make an impact in the American Indies. Uh, who may not know too much about Haskins. He's only done that one, sh- the, a couple of shots in PWG, I think. Yeah, he did um, bowler last year. Um, I think putting him in there with Sabre is is telling. I think Gabe Sapolsky wants to look at him in a big match and see mm. whether he's the kind of guy that they, they will book regularly. And I think he will end up going over regularly for Evolve. It seems like a no-brainer. Uh, anything else you want to say about the uh, the Progress versus Evolve show? I, I've kind of skimmed over it a bit there. Yeah, it's not. It's even in our remit as um, it's not technically a Brit show. It just has the, Brit, the Progress guys on it. Uh, it's a shame Dahlia Black broke her leg, obviously, but I think she and the South Pacific Power Trip can still make a big impact there. Uh, I don't know much about Dickinson or Jacker, but um, certainly their two matches on Progress and then Progress versus Evolve. Big big time shots for Cooper and Banks to try and get yeah. some international bookings, and Pete Dunn versus ACH should be absolutely crazy. Yes, yeah, it should be a really good match. I think um, Pete Dunn as well, although he's already under WWE contract of, of sorts, it's uh, a chance for him to put himself in the spotlight even more. And I think WWE will be thrilled if he comes out here and, and completely steals the show for for these two shows, which I can see him doing. Character-wise, at least, he's kind of head and shoulders above everyone else in Brit Rest. Mm. Um, Progress uh, obviously have themselves a standalone show, uh, apart from the uh, the Evolve one on the um, the Saturday. So on the Friday, they have their own standalone show. Uh, for that, they've got... Um, I'm going to read, read them up from the bottom. So we're going to start with... Uh, Drake versus uh, James Drake versus uh, not HT Drake, James Drake from Blackpool against Spud. Uh, 
from Birmingham. Um, I don't like Spud. And I think Drake is a bit dull. So I'm not particularly thrilled with this one. Yeah, this isn't the most hyped match of a weekend, is it? Um, like, <laughs> it's sort of not two very two not very well-known guys. I mean, Spud still has some rep from TNA, but he doesn't feel like a Britrest guy because he missed the boom. So yeah, he was he was in America. We'll, we'll see if he can. We'll see if he can mix into progress a bit better. Uh, but it's it's kind of an odd match to put in front of um, a brand new crowd. And with neither guy really having a strong character in progress to sink their teeth well, into, Drake's just uh, this could be a bit Drake's weird. So like, there's nothing really going with him. He's he broke Damon Moses' jaw, so at least he has a move that is quite devastating in progress. But um, I, there's nothing about him that really screams the progress way. You know, the whole character with ability attached. It's the, the ability's there, but the character isn't. Which is odd to me that, that he keeps getting booked. But he is very talented, don't get me wrong, but um, it's just you, you kind of need that personality to shine in, in progress, and he doesn't really have it. Mm. Um, everything else on the show, I think, is is looking pretty good. you got got uh, South Pacific Power Trip are going up against Shane Strickland and Sammy Callahan. Again, Callahan's everywhere. Uh, Strickland is very, 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 very good. He's had uh, a couple <laughs> of matches with Travis Banks that have been like over four stars for me. Um, so it, even if nothing else happens in this match, there will be very strong interaction between those two. Yeah, I think this could be the match that steals the show, actually, because South Pacific Power Trip will be so driven to make an impact. No one will really know who they are, but I think by the end of this match, they could be like the biggest stars on the entire show. Um, because their act is so well dialed in now, mm. and it's maybe the last show they'll ever be able to do together, um, for now at least. So they'll be wanting to like just go all out, do everything they can um, to make a real, really big impression. Um, has Dahlia been able to fly because she's broken a leg or not? I th- she said that she's still going to be there, um, but I haven't like been tracking them to see if they've made it to Orlando yet. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be a shame if she wasn't there because the whole dynamic yeah. of the team has helped a lot by her presence. But, yeah, Cooper loses something without her. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Travis Banks will just get over just by being Travis Banks because he always does. That's what he does. He goes from place to place and is great and people uh, love him for it. Um, also on this card, we've got uh, Ginny against Tony Storm. Uh They've done that once before in progress, and I think that they look at it as being probably the best match they can put on. Uh, Ginny being their, their most outstanding uh, heel wrestler, Tony Storm being the most outstanding uh, babyface wrestler they've got. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of makes sense that that's their uh, female showcase match. Yeah, definitely. Ginny's come on leaps and bounds in the last year. We gave her the Britty for most improved, yeah. so <laughs> that's the proof. And Tony Storm is obviously absolutely fantastic, and we we like to see her whenever we can. Obviously, she's in Japan a lot of the time, so it's it's definitely the best foot forward um, for the women's division in progress um, to showcase it. Like you said, yeah, I can't see that being anything other than good. It's just one of the things that uh, when when you put two wrestlers that good together on a stage where uh, they want to go and prove something, 
Yigo uh, is going to get a good match. Um, after that one, we've got uh, Tyler Bate against Mark Andrews. I kind of get the feeling these two have been put together because they're both um, under WWE contract, and also they don't really have. Well, it's it's for the WWE UK Championship, oh, so <laughs> I think you're you're exactly right with that. Yeah, I I didn't know it was for the, the uh for the title. Yeah, I think they announced it yesterday. Um like the day after they announced the cards, they announced that this would be for the UK title. And I think they're doing the exact same match during Access as well. So Yeah, I I worked for wheels like within twelve wheels. hours yesterday, so I might have missed that. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough, I'd say. Yeah, um yeah, it should be a good match. I mean Tyler Bate, uh just when I think he can't get any better. He actually improves even more. Um, I was at the Fight Club Pro uh, doubleheader uh, in Wolverhampton earlier in the month, and Tyler was fantastic on those shows. Like he was so good. Like his all round uh, game has gotten better again. Like another layer yeah. on top of what he already had, and it's gone from being like little things improving to he's just making huge sweeping steps every time I see him. It's like. I think it really helps that he's sort of been graduated to that main event level um, because before he was only kind of in like little 10 minute undercard matches um, on progress shows and the like. And now he's really getting the chance to shine as one of the big stars on the show since the UK title tournament. Um, like he just feels like a bigger deal. And I mean, that's got to do wonders for his confidence as well. Yeah. So this should be a good match because Mark Andrews is the kind of guy who loves this kind of occasion loves to go out and uh, put on a show. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm sure this will be a good match. Um, after that one, we've got uh, Zack Sabre Jr. against Jimmy Havoc. Thoughts? <laughs> uh, this could be really special. Obviously, the two of them are longtime friends. Um, they had that one match a few years ago, which was like very storyline-heavy and very dramatic. Um, and... Again, they'll want to seize the opportunity. Uh, Havoc's first proper match um, in front of a big audience in America. It, it's exciting. Well, he he also has that shot at access. <laughs> hmm. In front of like eighty bored people queuing up for autographs. That just that it's sounds probably like not the environment he'll thrive in. Terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> I get what's going on there. I mean, like WWE are thinking they're doing progress a favor by putting them on in front of like people who probably don't see the product, but half of what progress is, is the crowd and you kind of lose the atmosphere. You kind of lose the point of it all. It's, it seems very weird to put it on it. To, to I get the feeling it's more like, um, kind of like a mandate that they have to appear, um, more than maybe they want to appear, although maybe they do. I don't know, but I feel like it's more to get the guys on tape. Um, have progress in the library for an eventual bring them to the network situation so that they can have, look, here's the guys in the WWE ring already. Like, you can probably advertise them then as opposed to, here's some grainy indie footage, not that progress's footage is, like, bad, it's really well produced, but, like, they would want some WWE production on that straight away. Uh, I don't know, I just don't like the idea at all. No. <laughs> not our cup of tea at all. Um, and also, access is just not the place you go to watch wrestling. <laughs> I, I think it's certainly an experience, but it's an experience people should only do once for the novelty. Um, 
and not go to see really good wrestling because the wrestling is very much just the sideshow there, part of the expo and not an event really. Yeah, I think if I was going to access, which I wouldn't, but if I was, <laughs> then I think I would go just to watch bits of wrestling that was going on. But if there was an actual show going on somewhere else, I would probably just go to that instead. Yeah, like in in especially this year when there's just literally hundreds of shows going on, you have no excuse to be hanging around access to watch wrestling. Yeah, it just seems like um, a waste of time. I just the idea there, of better wrestling to meet a wrestler is just it's just ridiculous to me. I just I wouldn't <laughs> do it. Yeah, I, I definitely feel that now. A few years ago, I was like, yeah, that seems like a fair thing to do. But like now I'm a lot more indie-centric um, and have shouted into Matt Riddle's ear while very, very uh. drunk. Uh, <laughs> I don't see the appeal, yeah. Well, that's a good segue because Matt Riddle's in the next match. <laughs> He's got uh, Trent Seven uh, on the progress show. <laughs> and this could be a hell of a match. Um, they probably only exchanged a sequence once in that seven-person Elimination match the, back at chapter Trent 38, I think. Him, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think so. But that was like after Riddle had already been beaten up by everyone else. Um, so this could be really, really interesting. And two of my favorite wrestlers, two of the most charismatic wrestlers going. And again, I'm saying this about almost every match on this card, but it could steal the show and be a one of a kind match. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, obviously, I, I like yeah. both of them a lot. Um, I think the, the card as a whole, the progress card, just looks strong. It looks like a strong card. Although I'd probably say uh, not so much Drake's bud. But um, like the card, like you said, it feels like a progress card. It's like they've managed to keep their identity even though they're they're in this big weekend. And with the possible exception of having Sammy Callahan in, in that tag, but he has wrestled there before, so it doesn't feel as, yeah. as weird as... Both Strickland and Callahan have been in progress yeah, yeah. before, so yeah, they don't feel out of place. And I think the main event that they've got, uh, Dunn and Haskins, uh, could be exceptional. Um, I think it would depend on how much uh, Pete Dunn wants to steal that show. Uh, Haskins, I'm sure, will be, will be great regardless. Um, I think his main focus will probably be on that Sabre match uh, for Progress versus Evolve. Um, but yeah, it, it should be great. It should be a great match. Um, yeah, it's it's been built up very well. Uh, Haskins coming back from the injury, having never lost his title, it, it sets up very nicely for a potential title change here. I think that that is the way to go, because this is the big stage. You want to have a really awesome ending to the show and having Haskins reclaim the belt is probably the way to go. You don't want Dunn bullshitting his way to a finish, sneaking out of there with the win. Um, and looking down the roster, there's really no one else who can take the belt off him um, apart from Haskins, I feel. Yeah, and the, the only other way that you go with it is uh, if Haskins wins uh, strong style and challenges at Brixton, but that's what happened last year. It feels like, the, uh, you know, when they... Do we even know Dunn is going to be around then? <laughs> it's hard to say, but uh, I'm assuming that WWE have let them know what the plans are. So, yeah, but we'll find out a lot. Based on the booking uh, of this show, I think we'll find out an awful lot about what the situation is with, with British Strong Style, and yeah. especially Pete Dunn. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that one. The progress card is on WWN Live. So it's going to be live at, I want to say, 5 o'clock 
on Friday night. Yeah, what what do you think of that? Um, it being on sort of the now defunct WWN website as opposed to FlowSlam. Uh, I'd rather it was on FlowSlam, but I assume there's something to do with uh, WWE that prevents that. Yeah, it's, it's such a minefield of <laughs> political uh, consequences uh, just... going on right now. It's very difficult to navigate. Yeah, well, uh, the WWN Live, I after last year, I just don't trust them. Flow Slam seemed to have a slightly yeah. better record for, for live shows. So, yeah. I've... And this, this is the first time Progress are going live as well, like, properly. Yeah. Rather, Periscope doesn't count. <laughs> so I might actually miss this one. I'm not entirely sure what time I'm finishing work, so I haven't pre-ordered it or anything. Uh, I'd I might not get to see it live, which is a shame. Yeah, might might be better to do VOD on this one just to make sure of the quality. Um, but hopefully everything will be fine. You, you just never know with WWN. Yeah, well, the the Progress versus Evolve show that's on Flow Slam. So <laughs> so that doesn't really make a lot of sense. But I I don't know what's no. what's the difference there. I mean, you've got done. I mean, T- Tyler Bate isn't on no. Progress versus Evolve, so I think it might just be him, possibly. I don't understand it. I don't understand it at all. Anyway, let's let's get back onto uh, more solid footing and have a bit of a chat about uh, Progress Chapter Forty Five, uh, Galvanize. Unless you have anything else to add about Mania Weekend, no, we can move on to Galvanize. Um, if you're going to do any of the Mania Weekend shows, have a great time. I'm really jealous. Oh yeah, it's going to be an amazing weekend. <laughs> I kind of downplayed it a bit, and I uh, like I decided I didn't even book the the full weekend off work, just like the the Sunday and the Monday, and I'm now regretting it because there's so many shows I want to watch. So, um, yeah, Progress Chapter Forty Five, Galvanize. Um, I would say this is the best show they've ever done in Manchester by some distance. I'd probably agree with that as well. It's it's been a while since they ran in Manchester as well, um, so I guess they wanted to come back with a bang. Oh, they came back strong, um, real strong. And I like that the first match they did back in Manchester is uh, the tag team championship match, which uh, the last time they were in Manchester, nearly six months ago, <laughs> that was when South Pacific Power Trip won the number one contendership to <laughs> to those titles. So finally cashed in. An odd full circle, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a really solid opener. They. Um... They didn't slow down at all. They, they just kind of went at it as the as the hot opener. And uh, it's one of the best matches on the show. It was a very strong show as well. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. The two tag team matches were probably the standouts for me. Um, yeah, Cooper and Banks as baby faces. It was bizarre, but it was really good. And people chanting, let's go, Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> Cooper firing He's up, coming back in the cheered in his mountain. life. That was ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like the dynamic here, um, and I like that they're doing babyface power trip while they still can. Yeah, well, how many more matches have they got? I mean, that's, I mean, Dahlia obviously can't wrestle anymore because she's broken a leg and she's not going to be around after May. Was it April? It might even be April. Yeah, it's hard to say what's going to happen. Yeah, there. I, I think it's during April that they have to go back to New Zealand. Um, this makes me sad, which is a shame, but. Like they've left us with some great matches, and this was another one here. Yeah. Um, afterwards, uh, obviously they um, British Strong Style retained. Um, 
But after the match, uh, Jimmy Havoc ran in to try and eliminate them from uh, the main event, which I thought that was a nice booking touch. Because obviously Jimmy Havoc was aware that there was going to be interference in his match because it was no DQ. So logically, mm. he needed to take those people out of the match beforehand. I don't know whether he did enough to, to eliminate both of them here, but uh, I did quite enjoy when he was kind of wailing away on them with the chair that the crowd was singing Happy Birthday. <laughs> <laughs> that was a nice touch. It's it's all part of, like I was saying earlier about the um uh progress being half about the crowd, that's the kind of thing I mean. It kind of just makes those moments uh, more important. Uh second match on this card, uh Zach Gibson versus El Ligero. Uh lots of fun here. Uh Ligero came out with the um with an emoticon for a head and an El Generico mask underneath that. And he was drunk and he stole Joe Atherton's wheelchair for a big boot. Great, great spot. <laughs> yeah, Ligero was on, on full form here. Um, I like that they do play into the, the, the time of when they're having the matches. Obviously, banter claws during Christmas and this just after St. Patrick's Day. Ligero with the hangover <laughs> from that. Well, he was still drunk, was uh, with the impression that I got. <laughs> Not literally, I, I presume. But... Um... Yeah, tipsy. Yeah. He went to sleep in a in an arm bar or something. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what it was now. It was definitely a spot where he fell asleep. I, yeah, I like they go full on with the band gimmick. It, it's literally what they are. Like it's not just wave for the entrance and then have a, have a wrestle. Um, they sort of weave it in, and the matches are still really good afterwards as well. So it's not like they're just becoming comedy matches with no value outside of the humor yeah they're, they're always solid matches i mean I, I get that um it is kind of a break from the seriousness of the rest of the card to have like the garo and mastiff do the, the the banter stuff and i really enjoy that because you can't really have a card that's like all intense all the way through it just you, you get burnt out after like three four matches so you, you need these matches to break them up and they don't skimp on on quality just because it's a comedy match um, third match on the card was uh, James Drake and Jack Sexsmith. Um, apart from Drake using the forearm uh, as like a a weapon of destruction after he broke Damon Moses' jaw with it, there wasn't an awful lot going on here. It was mainly just Sexsmith uh, like working as the the underdog. Yeah, I watched this on Sunday and it's now Wednesday and I can't actually remember anything that happened in this match. So <laughs> a, a little bit. Um unmemorable here just functional and sexsmith looked okay um like again he's showing that fire and showing the heart um which i love out of him but like this match just didn't have any juice to it didn't really have any story going into it um drake isn't on the level of like a zach gibson hated heel so mm. it just the match didn't have the heat so whatever sexsmith did it just didn't quite get any reaction out of me yeah i, I get the feeling that um uh, Sexsmith does have that that uh, grassroots support. That there was a massive cheer when he came out, but it's just Drake as an opponent is just there. Eh, you know, I'm not give him a damn storyline. Yeah, do something, <laughs> make it interesting. Primal yeah. or something. It's just at the moment he's just there's nothing there. You know. Yeah, and especially in the, in the progress environment, like you said, when everyone's just such a big character, it, uh, just, when you just don't have anything to add to that, you just get lost. Yeah, it makes it. Makes him stand out even more because he's surrounded by people that have all that personality. 
Um, next match on the card was Will Ospreay and Mark Andrews. I thought this was great. I love the um, the the variation that they they had on this based on like previous matches uh, because Osprey was very definitively a heel, so it kind of changed the uh, the build of the match to what they usually do, and it kind of made Andrews go to uh, like higher levels to um, to get the job done. That crucifix um, driver, I guess you'd call it. Uh, that was just completely sickening and Osprey landed on his neck I I find it hard to believe that Will Osprey's neck is in good condition <laughs> I mean it isn't um, yeah there was some crazy action in this um, the top rope uh, being a bit wibbly wobbly <laughs> isn't great and kind of limited them and also Will Osprey's character has not had a good run <laughs> as a heel in progress. Uh, he's lost every single match and has hurt, didn't yeah. appear since didn't appear since um, December. So he had no heat coming into this really, other than just the general prickishness he did in this match. It wasn't really enough to make me care about him. And like, um, yeah, it's just been a bad run. Whether it that like, obviously their creativity has been limited by the fact he hasn't oh. been around uh, for shows. But I feel like they could have done a little bit of a better job. Like, he, he could have just killed someone in, like, five minutes just to, like, emphasize him being, like, now a ruthless heel. Continually and it, losing has been a bit strange. It kind of made sense. He, he just feels like a thorn in these guys' side. Like, he never felt like a threat to Jimmy Havoc, really. And Havoc feuding where everyone and anyone on the heel side didn't really help his character either. So I feel like there's just been a bit of... Um, a creative mishmash at the top of the card and Osprey did not fall into that very well. I think as a standalone match I think this worked really well though. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that too. Um, like, these guys can't not have a good match because what they do together is crazy and they have such a good rapport, but like, I feel like this pales in comparison to the Chapter 23 main event match, which was just straight up then jumping out of the gym. This was a bit too much tied to the character, and the character isn't over, so... I don't know. Well, I think I enjoyed it more than you. But, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> Andrews picked the win up there with the Kudo Driver, which, uh, or Cop Killer, as um, Homicide used to call it in uh, in Ring of Honor. You don't see that move very often, because yeah. it's really violent and it's hard to do properly. <laughs> uh, Andrews can do anything, though. I, I enjoyed that he was busting out new stuff uh, towards the end of the match, like because the top rope wasn't in action, so does that? And it felt he, he like he, get he needed to go that extra step to to beat Osprey. Although that would have helped storyline wise, yeah. that would have helped if Osprey hadn't have lost so many matches beforehand. <laughs> so yeah, the story, like you said, yeah, Osprey felt like a total total punk here. I felt <laughs> just not like a serious threat. Uh, match after that was uh, Ring Camp against the the Hunter Brothers. I love Ring Camp. <laughs> so do I. Like we got the inside story on like just how much thought and deep thought went into the act, yeah. and just like how much effort they did to produce them, um, which you can hear on the previous episode of the Breakfast Roundtable, uh, the sixteen carat episode, and it's transitioned really well over to progress and like. They've sort of come in as baby faces now since the power trip match. 
and they're really embracing the role. If they're not doing anything particularly baby face like, they're just doing the heel act and getting cheered for it, which um Yeah, they're just being badasses. Yeah. I like that. It just they don't change what they're doing, which is which yeah. is fair enough. It's like how how on earth would you turn that act heel though? <laughs> it's pretty much impossible. Like what what else could they do? <laughs> I I think the progress fans just like him for who they oh, are. Which is fair enough. I mean, Volta at the moment is so good. Uh, you you oh, could yeah. make a case of Volta at the moment being like a top five wrestler in the world. In the, inter- in the entire I think this year especially. Oh, yeah. His re- his resume is almost unparalleled, I'd say, just from the two, what he's done in the last three months. Yeah, he's been so good. Um, I don't want to disparage the Hunters in any way, but this was at a level above where they usually be- perform. And credit to them for um, for stepping up and uh, and surviving at that at that level. But um, yeah, Volta especially, but also Axel, uh, both really really strong. I I think yeah, disparaging the hunters a little too much. Where I think uh they can hang with any team. Um, I I, th- I think it's their look that doesn't do many favors. They do look a bit budget, especially when compared to Ring Camp with their as we know thousand euro uh yeah. jumpers and jackets. Um, but I in the ring like as a tag team, they are so so good, and I could watch them all day. He could also look like uh, Axel if you well, not like his face, but like uh, if you buy his uh, <laughs> replica jacket, which is now available for I think it's seventy five euros or eighty euros or something like that. It's the same like Ring Camp coat. It it looks pretty snazzy. You think WXW are paying me or something? I have been accused of I have been accused <laughs> of that recently. <laughs> Co-opted, co-opted, co-opted yeah. media. Um, yeah, so that was great. Um, match after that, Nathan Cruz and Flash Morgan Webster. Uh, there was a lot of uh, match uh, logic and storyline stuff going on here with uh, Cruz going after the the injury that had kept Morgan Webster out for. Wow, how long was he out for? Long, I think over a, a year, actually. Well, he got injured in the yeah. Cruiserweight Classic qualifying matches. So that... Oh, okay. yeah, it was more like six months. Then. Uh, uh, I was misremembering the dates, but yeah, still a very long time. Yeah, long time ago. Um, so Cruz working over that that injured uh, body part that had kept him out for so long, it kind of gave the, uh, the match a bit more uh, gravitas. Um, and I always appreciate logic. So Flash did a great job here of, protecting his arm um like when he was he was kind of holding his arm behind his back and then hitting stuff like like hitting headbutts to to keep Cruz away is that was really good storytelling mm-hmm. um i i also liked him shying away from his finisher um or at least his top rope finisher yeah. um that, that we saw that with osprey a couple of years ago in the progress and that was a really good story and it's got like a little a little new twinge here with morgan webster and then sort of jumping out of that and into um, the code breaker from Cruz. That was a really good spot. Probably my favorite of the match. Yeah, it should have been the finish, uh, though, like, I thought. It was such a yeah, big spot. Yeah, it definitely. The finish, but... I, I feel like Cruz, again, is just another heel who never wins. And they rely on his promos to get his heat back. But I just feel like he's kind of he's kind of running out of that intrigue for me because he just always loses whenever he's in the ring. 
you, know, you think he could have won here. I mean, like Webster has an out with the injury, so it wouldn't have. It wouldn't yeah. have been that bad. I, I think we're. Well, I'll I'll have I'll have a little uh, rant about um, someone in the main event always having an out for losing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but yeah, I enjoyed this. I, I thought it was just far better than it had any right to be. Uh, I think Webster has been looking at his psychology and his tapes and stuff while he's been off injured, and obviously Definitely. he's been talking to a lot of wrestlers as well. So I think he's he's getting the uh, the mental game that, uh, to accompany the the kind of flashy wrestling that he's been doing. It certainly looked from this match that he, he's a more rounded guy than he was before he was injured. Mm. He said on his podcast as well that this was a match that he thought um, he was finally back to 100% on. Like, he didn't feel like he was down a step for the first time. So that's good news. Yeah. Like, we could see a lot of good matches out of him coming up. Yeah, well, this is one of the best matches I've seen him have, though, like ever. I thought it was a really strong match for him. Yeah, and you hated him like a year ago. So. Oh, no, hated's a strong word. Uh, Rob hated him. <laughs> I there were there were many um, positive feelings from you two. Well, when uh, when you took him in the Euro draft, we were both like, "Well, you can have him." <laughs> it was kind of <laughs> yeah, that was uh, the feeling at the time. But yeah, he, I it's bizarre, but I think him being off injured has has helped him. Uh, it's helped him develop his character and it's his personality and and the way that he yeah wrestles. I think so. so I'm glad that he, he turned what could have been a huge negative into a massive positive. Uh, the match after that was Ginny versus Nixon Newell, um, natural progression semi final. It was kind of obvious who was going over here because yeah, this was the night after Nixon had had a farewell match in Fight Club Pro. So it was like, we kind of know she's going here, so she's not winning. But apart from that, they, they put on a decent match. Yeah, I thought the ending of Ginny just like killing Nixon dead was pretty good. Um, I didn't like Nixon kicking out of a Rainmaker at one, considering it's the finisher of Havoc and sort of one of the main moves of Seven, like on the same card. And it kind of devalues the move a bit, just kicking out at one, like, kind of needlessly. Um, but I did like Ginny hitting all of her, like, high-impact moves on Nixon and, like, going over authoritatively into the final, where she is probably the favourite to win the title. So yeah, they're so. definitely doing a good job of building up Ginny as, like, a legit top dog in the division. Yeah, I think she had to... Well, she had to win here. It's, there was no two ways about it. And I think putting Nixon Newell yeah. um, on her back opposite Ginny was very deliberate because I think Ginny is the one that they want to build up uh, as the best, as you said. Um, and having uh, Nixon basically sacrificed on her way out, it's, it's the way the business works. So... Um, it's mm-hmm. it's good booking all around. Uh, moving on to the the final match, it was a no DQ false count anywhere. Uh, Progress champion Peter Dunn uh, defending against uh, one James Havoc. Uh, so you, you obviously have something to say here because you just um, hinted at it. <laughs> uh, well, I'll, I'll say first of all that like I really enjoyed the match. Um, like. I, I do enjoy the car crash main events that progress through because it's just such a good blow off um, to the show as a whole. Like everyone's sort of been holding back and now every, like everything can just come out. The weapons, the big spots. Um, I didn't like that Dunn took like a 
curb stomp into barbed wire and didn't come up with any blood. Uh, but I loved that he used one of the stream. Everyone kept throwing streamers into the ring for some reason during the match, which is a bit weird. Yeah, that, that triggered picked um, up a couple of the streamers. Callum as... <laughs> he was he was really annoyed about that. <laughs> uh, like he he grabbed a couple of the streamers as he was stapling havoc and stapled them to his yeah. head. And I loved that because I always think the staple spot looks kind of naff because you can't see the staples going in they're too small so just having proof that they are in actually going in to his head like visual proof that something is getting stapled in that was an excellent uh thought by dunn to just add to the like the visceral nature of the match um but yeah like the shenanigan finish and like having just havoc having a million outs as to why he's not winning just means that dunn feels a little bit lesser as a champion like just it's another bullshit win for him and just let havoc lose occasionally since he's come back he hasn't lost cleanly or been pinned cleanly and it's just a bit like it's a bit even steven booking like are they gonna do a third match do you feel like they want to protect him as like their their main guy is jimmy havoc seen as like the main progress guy yeah, but if you're trying to build up British Strong Style, eventually you're going to need to give and take some of the build from Jimmy Havoc. You can't you can't keep both guys ultra strong. I feel otherwise, what's the point of even having the match or booking the match in the first place? If you if you don't want to definitively say one guy is better than the other, then what's the point of even having a match? I don't know. It just it kind of annoyed me because they've been doing it a lot recently after they just got out of doing it a lot. I feel like there was a run of shows where we got like a bunch of clean main event finishes, and now we're back to the bullshit, which annoyed me last year. So yeah, this this wasn't no DQ though, so it was always going to be something. Yeah, there was always going to be shenanigans. I, I it was just annoying that Dunn and Havoc have already had a match where the finish yeah, was DQ, based yeah. off of shenanigans, and now it's happened again. <laughs> and it's like, well, Dunn just looks like he can't beat Havoc, and that makes him not an interesting champion because he could just be a monster he could be like what jimmy havoc was uh during havoc's run where you just can't beat him and even though he may use chicanery to win ultimately he's just like the smartest man in the room or the most dangerous man in the room and because havoc he always needs an out yeah, well, to beat Havoc. i think the problem they've got here is it they're, t- they're, they're looking to definitively to do something to set up uh havoc and osprey which is the week after um, so they needed something to happen to, to set that up, which is unfortunate because it's kind of taken the edge off this match. Wherein, for, from live reports, from what I can tell, the the Havoc Osprey like blow off match that happened the week after this was was outstanding. So it's like with with storytelling like that, it's like you sometimes you have to take something away so that you can get something yeah. bigger the next week so. it's just it, this has sort of been a, a common recurrence as progress have been doing more and more shows so they're doing three shows in three weeks here basically um it, it just feels like that is um a direct influence on the booking and that's kind of annoying because back in the days when they'd only do a show once every six weeks or so you kind of got a definitive finish to every show and now it's a bit like tune in next time and it's kind of screwy yeah. this wasn't the, the worst time the, the worst thing they've ever done is the whiplash <laughs> um finish <Not> whiplash. 
That that was the worst main event bullshit finish. This was okay. At least it was like within the confines of the match. But like I would just like to see Dunn be feel like a more dangerous champion. As it is now, he feels like he always needs a bit of help. Yeah, well, he did win the match. You know, he was relatively clean. I mean, Osprey was there, but like he didn't do anything. He got kicked off the apron and like just used looked useless, didn't he? Yeah. Um, I, I thought the match was really strong, though. Uh, the one possible complaint I've got is that it was the second time that weekend I saw a Canadian destroyer into thumbtacks that wasn't the finish. How ridiculous <laughs> is that? That like within the space of three days, I saw two matches with a Canadian destroyer into thumbtacks, and it's I, not the finish. I've kind of checked out of both the Reverse Ron and the Canadian destroyer, but. They're kind of shit, aren't they? <laughs> Once you've seen them about two hundred times, they look kind of. Lo- it's like saying Jiminy Jellicas over and over again. The words lose <laughs> meaning. Nice, nice reference. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, I thought it was a good show, though. I, overall, I thought it was very strong. Uh, definitely the best Manchester yeah. show. Um, Every match f- meant something. I think uh, maybe J- Drake, James Drake, Sh- oh. Sexsmith was a bit iffy, but every match felt significant on the show and had its place and was a little bit different to every other match. That's exactly what you want. So, yeah, strong show overall. Cool. Um, We're going to move on and quickly talk about uh, Attack's Chris Travis Invitational uh, Tag Team Tournament. I I can't remember if I've got enough T's in there or not. Um, (laughs) So, you've seen these these shows? I I have not. saw both shows. So, I'm going to let you take the lead and tell me what's worth seeing. Yeah, well, obviously the final of the tournament between the models, Danny Hope and Joey Hayes versus Project Lucha, El Ligero and Martin Curley. Like, just such a fun match and a great tribute to Chris Travis by his best friends. Um, CJ Banks running in to take out Shay after mm. Shay tried to um, become the winner of the, t- like, rule himself the winner of the tournament. Steve Austin style stunner and then refing the match from then on out, and then Sam Bailey as well coming in at the end. So Chris Travis's six best friends in the whole world all paying tribute to him. It was a lovely moment. Um, gave me a warm, fuzzy Aww. feeling. And <laughs> that's kind of what wrestling's about. Um, and it was a great conclusion to the tournament. They spent about 15 minutes of this match not wrestling, which kind of tells you what the match kind of was. It was it was banter. Oh. It was fun, and like that is exactly what it needed to be. It just needed to be really feel-good, um, and a bit of action at the end, just to make sure it was an actual match. <laughs> and yeah, just a lot of fun. Um, as for the rest of the weekend, I don't think anything really stat- stood out. Um, uh, Chief Deputy Dunn versus Nixon Newell was fun, uh, ironically. <laughs> and... Uh, San- Los Federales Santos Jr. Um, making his kind of debut in attack and just being, well, <laughs> a, re- a really big guy getting in the way of Dunn and just annoying him at every opportunity. Is that, um, is that Dan could... No, that was Santos Sr. Um, this is Santos oh, Jr. okay. Who's that? <laughs> I don't oh, know. Okay. It, it, it's like a, a really big guy, uh, but I don't recognize him, so... Um, and yeah CCK versus Bolorama which was the first match um, of the tournament was probably the best non-final match 
and also Project Lucha, Lucha versus FSU, um, which main evented night one, was really fun. Interesting that Mark Andrews could hit his tag match could get shown, but not his singles match on day two against Kid Lycos. Yeah, I don't understand that at all. I don't yeah, I don't understand weird. any of this. It's like it's so inconsistent what we can see and what we can't see. Like wildly inconsistent. <laughs> it's it's so bizarre on the outside looking in. I'm sure there's method to the madness in Titan Towers. It must be, but, but it just that doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> it's just why why can you not see the singles match? <laughs> Okay. Uh, was was that all? <laughs> uh, I think that's all I really needed to say. Uh, they raised five thousand over five thousand yeah, pounds um, for Cavendish Cancer yeah. Care, which was really awesome. I, I saw it was appreciated um, as well. They yeah. sent out a tweet to um, Cavendish saying it was like a, a huge amount of money to be raised, and that they were really grateful for it. Like after after all the PCW stuff, um, this was like exactly what we needed from uh, Chris Travis memorial tournament with all, all his best friends having fun in the ring and i think it was the first time they'd all been together since his funeral so yeah just a really yeah. lovely moment and <laughs> sometimes that's what wrestling needs to be it needs to be feel good yeah i totally agreed um i on the other hand have been watching some fight club pro uh so i saw the double header i went to both shows in uh, wolverhampton at the fiction warehouse uh, so Rise Against was the, the Friday night show. Uh, that started with uh, Martina uh, murdering Chief Deputy Dunn by uh, <laughs> shooting him dead in the ring and being proclaimed winner via homicide. Um, <laughs> Damien was then uh, resurrected uh, during the opening uh, triple threat match for Clint Margera, Dan Maloney and David Starr. And reappeared as the Dundertaker with Martina playing the part of um, Paul Bearer with a can of Guinness instead of the urn. This all happened. <laughs> this, <laughs> I'm not making this up. This is all real. And um, he won by hitting, well, first of all, he hit the tombstone. That didn't work. So he hit the last ride and beat David Starr. <laughs> and that's that was wrestling. Um. It was a good card on on the Friday night. We had uh, Candice LeRae uh, and Kaylee Ray. Uh, very good match. Uh, Hunters against uh, Joe Coffey and Amari, who are uh, a new tag team. They're going to be teaming together from now on. Uh, Jimmy Havoc uh, against Mikey Whiplash in a what was claimed to be a British rounds match, but developed into an Irish rounds match as they drank shots of Jack Daniels in between, uh, including Shay, which I'm fairly certain is illegal. Um, <laughs> Did he get any more rosy cheek? Oh, wait, he can't get any more rosy cheek than Shay, or he's already the, the rosy cheekiest, cheekiest. Um, second to last was uh, Chris Brooks and Nixon Newell. Nixon's like last match with with Brooks. It was a very emotional uh, uh, two nights for for Nixon. Uh, all of the crew were kind of teary eyed when stuff was going on, like. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think his name, Paul uh, Paul Byrne, is it? The cameraman? Uh, like, when she was coming out uh, for a match on night two, I could see, like, he, he was welling up. So uh, it shows you how important Nixon was to, to Fight Club Pro and, and, and how much they thought of her. Uh, and she put on a, a really good uh, showing in her last two matches. Uh, the match with Brooks included a, as 
mentioned before, a Canadian destroyer into thumbtacks. And Nixon dived off the entranceway in the fiction, which is quite high up. It's not quite Will Ospreay balcony diving in uh, Camden, but it, it was up there. Uh, main event on night one was uh, British Strong Style against uh, Travis Banks, Will Ospreay and Wolfgang. That was a lot of fun. Uh, they did the Triple H water spit pose mm. for shits and giggles. I enjoyed that. And night two, I think, was the better of the two shows. If you were only going to get one of them on the the Vimeo, I I would get night two. Uh, That had a a cracking uh, opening four-way. David Starr against Killian Jacobs, uh, Dan Maloney, and Amari. And I think Amari's come on again, like uh, like I was saying about Tyler Bates. He's coming on leaps and bounds. He looks a lot better here than I've seen him before. Uh, I think he's benefiting from working against the guys that uh, that Fight Club Pro are putting him in with. Uh, Killian Jacobs has improved a lot since the last time I saw him. Uh, he's trying to work the mistakes out of his system. He's getting very good at uh, uh, doing the, the the flips and stuff. I think he could be one of these these next level guys that breaks out, just because he he has that very exciting style, and there's not that many wrestlers that that have that. Since like Osprey and Andrews broke in, you, you don't see a lot of flippy guys. Uh, he's he's a new one. Um, there was a really fun interspecies three way dance <laughs> with um, <laughs> Kaylee Ray, who was anti fun police for the night until uh, she had a kind of Carlsberg poured down her throat at the end of the match, and against Martina against a stuffed giraffe. Um, yeah, a stuffed giraffe. What can you say? He had a good match for uh, for a first outing. Uh, <laughs> uh, something that I I'd completely forgotten about until I saw it on the VOD is that um, Kaylee Ray, in her role as a police officer, frisked Shay during the match and found a spliff in his pocket, um, <laughs> and it was kind of dropped onto the mat. And during the confusion afterwards, Shay picked it back up and put it in his pocket. Wow. And I didn't notice that at all live, but seeing it on the VOD, I was like, you fucker. <laughs> Marvellous stuff. Um, Need to call us more. Yeah, outrageous. Uh, the, there was a real show-stealing match on this card. They were supposed to have Will Ospreay versus Mark Haskins. They ended up putting them together as a team against Mustache Mountain. Absolutely fantastic match. Uh, one of the best Fight Club Pro matches, I think, ever. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go out and um, buy that on Vimeo. It's like £6. I was really glad it made it onto tape because I was kind of blown away by it live. And obviously, Nixon had her last match. Uh, very emotional departure for her. And the, there's a shot of her as she's going out, uh, waving the Welsh flag behind her. I really am going to miss her. There was, there was a lot of uh, feels going on. Mm-hmm. And the main event was also really solid. Uh, Pete Dunne finally getting his comeuppance and, and being bested by Travis Banks. And there was a run-in as well in that match from MK McKinnon, who I thought had basically stopped wrestling. Um, he gave up the Fight Club Pro title in the middle of last year, and he's, uh, he's back. So that sets up all kinds of things for the for the future. Travis looked really humble in winning. Um, he just didn't want to celebrate. <laughs> he was forced to celebrate by the, the locker room came out and kind of forced him to celebrate on the buckles and stuff. So, uh, 
he'll have to get used to winning because it's going to happen for him. He's that good. And that was it. That was uh, another two really good shows from Fight Club Pro. Uh, I made the mistake of going to both of them like the week after 16 Carat. I was absolutely shattered by the end of the Saturday. I was dead. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, so, yeah, it, uh, we've had a good time at the wrestling. Um, we hope you all have a good time over WrestleMania weekend. And we'll be back to talk about some of these shows afterwards. Uh, any plugs for the road? Uh, yeah, um, on Twitter at another Ollie, uh, you can read all my thoughts about um, all the crazy wrestling I'm watching. Um, Voices of Wrestling Reviews, Epic Encounters coming up. I'm going to be reviewing that. Uh, Hiromu Takahashi, Kushida, and of course the Elite going to be there. Um, FLW Euro Notes and British Audio Wrestling Podcast on Live Audio Wrestling. It's all happening, all the Britrest coverage. Tons of Britrest. There's so much of it. There's, there's new companies popping up all the time. It's driving me insane. Uh, I'm having to cut down on my sleep. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Arnold Furious. Uh, I also have my own website, which is rearviewreviews.com if you want to read like my stuff. And there's some other people there as well. Uh, Akil Khalid's now doing the TV shows and stuff. So go over there and read. And um, click on the Amazon link if you live in the UK, because that helps me. Uh, if you don't live in the UK, feel free to use the voicesofwrestling.com forward slash Amazon link uh, for your Amazon needs. And with that, uh, we're out and we'll see you soon. Good evening. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican jerk turkey sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.